بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على شرف الأنبياء والمرسلين محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعد my brothers and sisters today I want to talk to you about one of the greatest of the sahabiyat of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam sahabiyat means female sahaba and this was the daughter of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu her name was Asma bint Abi Bakr and she was the elder sister of Ummul Mumineen Aisha Siddiqa radiallahu anha. Sayyidah Asma bin Abu Bakr radiallahu anha was a very remarkable person. And many of Fadail, many of the uh, words of praise for her. Among them is the fact that she was the helper of Rasulullah and her father Abu Bakr Siddiq when Rasulullah went for his hijrah when he went from Makkah Madina Asma was the only one who knew that they were going to go because this was done in secret and she packed some food and so on for them and she could not find anything to tie the bag so they used to wear a belt a girdle so Abu Radalana said tear that into two so she tore the girdle into two and one of her uh, honorable names she is known as the lady of two girdles two belts it was a belt she cut into two for the sake of this so she tied the bag of food and so on with one and she used the other one for herself and then when Rasulullah and Abu Bakr as-Siddiq when they were hiding in the in Ghara Thawr Asma used to take food for them there in the night now imagine what kind of courage it takes it's not just a matter of going somewhere in the night there is actual threat and danger of being caught by the enemies of Rasulullah because there was a there was a price on his head and there was a price on the head of Abu Bakr Siddiq dead or alive and obviously anybody helping them was in would be in equal trouble so imagine the courage of this lady who did that and then of course they they left and finally when she made hijra then when she reached she was pregnant at the time she was married to zubair bin awam another great sahabi of rasulullah and in quba her son abdullah ibn zubair radiallahu was born and when that happened there was a lot of rejoicing because Abdullah bin Zubair was the first Muslim child to be born in Medina. A child whose both his parents were Muslim. The first Muslim child to be born in Medina was Abdullah bin Zubair Asma bin Tabibakar she lived in Medina. Zubair bin Hawam, her 
husband was also a great sahabi of rasulullah a great warrior um, he had a piece of land which rasulullah had given him and he used to grow some grain and so on barley on it and she used to go there he was very poor he had he, he did not have anything he had this piece of land and he had one horse so she said that uh, he was very fond of this horse because it, the horse was not for fun it was you know that was his uh, mount in battle and so on also so she said that she used to take care of the horse so she used to groom the horse feed the horse and so on and so forth and then she would go to the farm and come back and the distance of that farm from where they lived was 5 miles so that's a round trip of 10 miles and uh, she would go there and she would carry this grain from there on her head and she would walk back now zubair bin awam also was uh, uh, was known as uh, he he loved her very much and he was very jealous so one day she was coming back with this grain on her head and rasulullah sallallahu and a few sahaba they passed and nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam stopped because he knew her i mean she is abu bakr siddiq radhiallahu daughter so he stopped and he told her come get behind my camel so you know i will take you give you a ride so she didn't do that she refused and nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam realized that she is shy and she doesn't want to so he, he left so later on she told her husband she, she said to zubair bin awam that this is what happened and the nabi alaihi salam he stopped and i did not ride because i know you are very jealous so he said i am sorry i would not have been jealous of you riding behind rasulullah sallallahu and i feel sorry that you have to walk all this distance with this grain and so on and so forth asma bin tabibakar radhiyallahu anha allah gave her a very long life and her son zubair bin awam radhiyallahu anhu after the uh, death of yazid bin muabiya uh, abdul malik bin marwan became the khalifa uh, ibn umayya and uh, this is all the time when uh, you know there was a lot of right from the time of the shahada of usman bin bin affan radhiyallahu anhu onward there was a, that whole period of history is a very difficult period in in, our, in the history of islam and muslims so anyway i am not going into the details of all that but one of the things which happened was that zubair bin uh, is uh, abdullah bin zubair radhiyallahu anhu uh, he claimed khilafa he after uh, yazid died he claimed khilafa and he had support from the hijaz from egypt uh, and parts of iraq so there were quite a number of people who supported him and there were some skirmishes and all that but abdul malik bin marwan who was the khalifa of banu umayya he sent hajjaj bin yusuf as-saqafi uh, with a huge army against abdullah ibn zubair radhiyallahu and hajjaj bin yusuf was ruthless he was he was a he was a great general and he was known as as being completely and totally ruthless so eventually hajjaj bribed some people he threatened some people what not eventually abdullah bin zubair radhiyallahu lost all support and including 
most of his family members deserted him. Hajjaj bin Yusuf, Abdullah bin Zubair was in the Haram itself, in the vicinity of the Kaaba. And uh, Hajjaj bin Yusuf used uh, siege engines, catapults and trebuchets to bombard. In the process, the Kaaba itself was damaged. But Hajjaj was a man like that. He was, he was, you know, completely, completely ruthless. I mean, there was no, uh, no, no sort of mercy in his heart. Incidentally, on a side note, Hajjaj bin Yusuf was the father-in-law and uncle, Mamu, mother's, mother's uh, brother, of Muhammad bin Khasib, who took uh, an army all the way to Sindh, to the river Indus. And then in the, when uh, Abdul Malik Marwan passed away, when Al-Walid became the uh, Khalifa, uh, then what happened to Muhammad bin Qasim, that's a different history. And again, that also is very painful. Anyway, so it came to a point where it looked like now Abdullah ibn Zubair had no support whatsoever. <coughs> so he went to meet his mother, Asma anha. And uh, he said to her that I've come to meet you and all of this has happened. And what is your advice to me? So she said, my advice to you is that if you are doing what you are doing, if you are doing it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then stay firm. So he said, Alhamdulillah, that Allah has given me a mother like this. And he said, I came to comfort you so that you will not grieve my passing. Because he knew their death was inevitable. There's no way they can escape this. He says that Hajjaj has offered me anything I want. Money and gold and, you know, whatever I like. Provided I'm willing to do baya on the hand of Malik bin Marwan. Abdul Malik bin Marwan. Uh, but he said that I will not do. So his mother said, sure, do that. Then she said, come near me. She, by then she was almost, she was a hundred years old and she was blind. So she said, come, let me hug you. And when she hugged him, she felt something. She pushed him back. She said, what are you wearing? He said, I'm wearing chain mail, you know, armor. She said, those who seek shahada don't wear these things. Huh? Ajib, this is the mother of the, of the, of the person. She says, those who see, seek shahada don't wear these things. Take it off. And then she said, wear a sirwal, which is the undergarment, like a trouser. He said, wear that because when you fall, your aura should not be exposed. So he, she made him take off his armor. He took off his armor. And then she said, go and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be pleased with you. And may Allah give you what you want, which is shahada. Abdullah bin Zubair went, he fought, he was shaheed. Then Hajjaj <coughs> got his body and he hung it from the top of the Kaaba. The body. And he said to his people, go call that old woman. 
ہوز دیٹ اسما بن تبی بکر رضی اللہ عنہ سیٹ کال دا گور سو وین شی کیم ہی سیٹ آئی سی واٹ آئی ڈن ٹو یور سن سو شی لیفٹ اینڈ شی سیٹ یو سینٹ مائی سن ٹو جن اینڈ مائی سن ول سینڈ یو ٹو جہنم اللہ ول پوٹ یو ان جہنم اینڈ ٹین ڈیز لیٹر شی ڈائی شی پاس ٹو Now imagine these people, her whole life is spent in the service of Islam. And she raises a son like Abdullah ibn Zubair. Who eventually gives his life in the service of Islam. Sometimes people say, you know, the, today when we talk, we talk about the younger generation. We say these children should be this way and children should be that way and so on and so on. Children don't improve the world and children don't corrupt the world. Society is corrupted or repaired by adults. That is why Rasulullah never had He didn't run a small, you know, primary school. He taught the elders. He taught the adults. And they taught their children. And that is a, the two benefits in that. One benefit is that he is addressing those who can actually go and do something straight away. Now, if this beautiful child here, whatever I teach him, now he has to Remember that for at least 20 years before he can do anything about it. No? But if I tell his father something, he can do it from this point, 10 minutes from now. He walks out of the majlis, he can do it. Eh? That doesn't mean you shouldn't learn, you should also learn. And the second benefit is that when the fathers teach the children, there is a bond between the father and the child, which is the most beautiful bond you can ever have. It will never be broken. Whenever I mention this, I always remember, I told uh, my brother Mahmoud Yusuf this. I remember seeing a clip of this little boy memorizing Quran. And he is reciting his door for the day. And his, uh, his ustad, his sheikh, is his father. And they are both walking on the beach in the surf. The, the sea is washing their feet. And the boy, little boy is reciting and they are Somalis. So, you know, like him, his father is tall and slim. And the boy is small. Maybe The boy is maybe eight, nine years old or something like that. Small boy, tall father. And the father is walking and the son is reciting and the father is listening to him. Imagine, today sometimes parents complain, my you know, children have no respect for the parent. Imagine that boy, do you think that boy can ever disrespect his father? Huh? Will it, is it possible that this boy who learned his Quran from his father and who used to walk like this every morning reciting the, his door for the day and the father is listening to him and correcting him do you think that boy will ever disrespect their father? This is the contribution 
Respect does not come just like that. It's not a, it's not a genetic thing, right? Janna is under the feet of the mother, not, not because of genetics, not because, you know, biologically you gave birth to the child. No. Janna is under the feet, feet of the mother because the mother's contribution to the raising of the child. The father is the door of Janna for what? Not biology. This is theology. This is, this is Quran. This is Hadith. This is Nabi Sallallahu the father is the door of Jannah because of the contribution of the father to raise a child like that. And that is where the parents have to make the effort. You can't outsource this to the masjid, to the imam, to the school, to the Sunday school, to maktab, madrasa. No, all of these are resources. Alhamdulillah, this is good. These are good things. We need them. Alhamdulillah, very good. But you can't just outsource them. My children, I will, you know, give birth to them. And then I hand it over to the Imam. Now you look after them. Doesn't work like that. Does not work like that. Parents have to invest. And the reason we are looking at these stories of these great people, these Sahaba and Sahabiyat, is because these were people who invested. Who invested. And that is the reason why 14 centuries later, we are sitting here and we say, Radiallahu anha, Radiallahu anhu. If somebody takes the name of a Sahabi or a Sahabiya without saying Radiallahu anhu or Radiallahu anha, you would say this man is ignorant, he is a fool, he does not have adab, he does not have manners, he doesn't know how to speak. Right? Why? Because of that contribution. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to enable us to contribute like this. To work and live for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And with the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his Nabi Muhammad Rasulullah in our hearts. <coughs> and to invest in our own children. So that these children become a means of sadaqah jariyah for us. And a resource and a ni'mah and a, and, 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 a, uh, and a treasure for the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. وصلى الله على نبي الكريم وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين برحمتك يا رب العالمين